Fear is a liar. If there's nothing else that you walk away from this week, remember that line that fear is a liar. And a lot of us are feeling that right now, aren't we? Fear of tomorrow. Fear of today. Fear of the insurity of what someone says to us, right? Is this true? Is this true? Why is wearing my mask a political statement? Why is it not? Fear is a liar. Thank you for joining us. Um, I can't tell you how much we miss you in this room, but we are so thankful that you are watching. Be sure and share, but let us know you're out there. I've got an uh, iPad right here that I'll look at, and I know when you're out there. So please, please, please type in, let us see you. Pastor Randall's out there. Pastor Don's out there as well. Hey, Angela, this is Crosswalk. You are watching. We are glad to see you. Um, Randall, Jarrett, we see you. There's several of you. Thank you so much for writing in um, and letting us know you're out there. So we've been in a series called Bones. Who does God call us to be. Our first week we talked about Adam and Eve. Then we talked about Ezekiel. Last week we talked about Joseph. And today we're going to close this series talking about Job. Job. And that is a deep subject. Job. We all know the story of Job, right? He lost everything. Family, cattle, land, Everything. Not just portions, but the scripture tells us everything. So we know that Job is going through a lot. He's depressed. He's down. So we're going to get into a story today that comes from, if you want to follow me a little bit, we're going to talk from Job chapter 4. And I love this because this is about his friend Eliphaz. And Job has three friends that have come to save the day with Job. But we hear from one of them. And I kind of picture Eliphaz probably as maybe the Karen or Kevin of today. Or maybe he drew the short stick and he's got to be the one to speak up and say something. But in this chapter, we hear from Eliphaz. And Eliphaz is one of those friends, right, that whatever it takes, I've got to cheer you up, Job, because you're not in a good place. We know that from earlier chapters in 1 and 2, Job's saying, I'm ready to die. So it's gotten rough for Job. So he's got that friend that says, hey, let's talk about it. The verse we're referring to, though, is from Job 4, 14. And we're going to get to why it's in the story, but I'm going to read it to you right now. It says that fear and dread struck him. All of my bones shook. Have you ever been in a place that has shook you to your bones? Have you ever woke up from a dream that you could remember so vividly because it shook you to your bones? We've all been there. And there are those that try to help us, right? <laughs> some are good and some not so much. When we look at Eliphaz's story, he is definitely one of those that probably wasn't the greatest at the comforting game, right? So 
we all have had those friends. And I was looking through this and I was thinking about going through this time right now that we're in and the world that we're in. How many of us have been dealing with those friends? And how many of those in our lives, they make it worse or they make it better? But at the same time, they still feel like they need to say something to us, right? But don't forget our question is, who does God call us to be? So as we walk through this journey today, think about who does God call you to be? We knew that Job was a righteous man, right? So he's got these friends that decide to go, how am I going to talk to this righteous man? And there are ways that people try to influence us and they try to comfort us. And I have found three ways that have happened to me. And the first one is we kind of have a tendency to make it all about ourselves. And we find this in Job 4, 1 through 4. When we all look back right before the dream, we read that three of Job's friends, which I described, are there to comfort. And Eliphaz thinks, okay, you know what I'm going to do right now? I am going to tell you from my perspective of what I know. And the truth is, he knows that he's talking to a righteous man, talking to Job. But Eliphaz has not lived in Job's shoes, but yet Eliphaz is still talking. We have those friends, don't we? They haven't walked in our shoes, but yet they're still talking. How many of you have listened to your friends talk before and they talk over each other, but they don't hear each other? How many times have you sat in front of someone and they start telling you, man, I've had a bad day at work today. And then your friend says, man, me too. Let me tell you what happened. You won't believe what happened. And all of a sudden, this place of your emotion is turned into what their emotion is. Sometimes we have a tendency to make it all about us. All about what's going on in our life. We're not listening. We're not seeing the state that Job is in. We all want to be heard right now. Right now in the world today, we all want to be heard, right? But we don't want to listen at all with what is going on. We have our opinions. We have our place. We have dug our feet in the stand, but we're not moving because we've made it, maybe, all about us. We all want to give an opinion, but we don't want to listen to other opinions. We like being around people that agree with us because then I don't have to learn anything. Because Eliphaz wasn't willing to learn in that moment of what Job had gone through. He was just tired of seeing Job in this place. In an effort to help someone out of our desperation and their desperation, we begin to try everything we possibly can. So then we get to the second one. We begin the blame game. And you'll find this in Job 4, 5 through 7. Even before the dream, Eliphaz is pulling out all the stops and trying to remind Job of what he used to be. And that maybe that is why he is here today. So all of a sudden, it's Job's fault that he is where he's at. Job, you used to help everyone else, but why can't you fix yourself? Well, if you would have listened to me or did what I told you to do, you might not be here today. How many of us have heard that? 
Maybe some of us have said that. Remember how it used to be? Remember all those people you helped? But here's the deal. Eliphaz has no idea, once again, the price Job has paid because of helping those people. Job has lost everything. Like I said earlier, family, money, land, cattle. And yet Job is a righteous man. But he's lost it all. Eliphaz has no idea. There is a price in righteousness. People don't understand you. They don't want to understand you. They don't want to listen, but they sure don't mind when you reach out to help them. But when you can't help them anymore, they're going to remind you what you used to do, right? If you would have just stayed out of it or kept your mouth shut or just said something, Sometimes we want to blame the victims without understanding why they are victims to begin with. Do we do what we do in conversations, in trying to help and trying to comfort out of our own guilt and our own fears? Because sometimes when I begin to talk, I discover that what I'm saying is because it's my own emotion, not what I know the scripture and what God has taught. A close friend of mine told me a story of his own abuse in a relationship. A relationship he had stayed in for over 15 years. He was in a large <clears throat> corporate job, excuse me, <clears throat> on top of his life until he got home at night. He was married to a woman with a substance abuse issue, and she would beat him and yell at him most evenings. Why did he stay? Here was his answer. He said, I loved her. And I knew that her past brought her to this place. He eventually left the marriage because it was unhealthy. And would end up becoming even more successful than he was. But for years though, people blamed him for staying. They would say things like, if you would have just left years ago, think about where you would be today. And then I'm reminded of a statement that one of my mentors tells me a lot. There is never failure in faithfulness. There is never failure in faithfulness. Sometimes we want to play the blame game. Because that takes it off of us and puts it onto someone else. Instead of really diving into the why. Why? Was this happening with Job? Why? God had a bigger plan and no one knew that plan but God. But everybody's trying to figure it out and everybody's trying to bring Job right along with them. So then we get to the third point is that sometimes words are simply a distraction. And we find that in Job 4, 7 through 9. See, Eliphaz is pulling out the cards that he has, anything that he knows, anything say things that could make Job question his own faith. Sometimes people can say things to make us doubt our own faith, whether they mean well or not, right? We've always got those that mean well. They didn't set out to be malicious. They didn't set out to hurt us. But they ask us questions like, where is God when you need him right now? Where is your God? If God loved you, then why are you here? 
If you're doing everything right, then why isn't God helping you? Where is your God in the middle of the coronavirus? Where is your God when people of different races are hurting? Where is your God when I buried my mother last week from cancer? Where is your God? We ask these questions. Sometimes people can only see through the lens of their own doubts. But they want you to doubt with them. Because when you doubt with them, then they don't have to pull from their heart to figure out the next move, to not doubt. Some can even go as far as wanting you miserable right along with them. We've all had those friends. Hey, listen, if you'll just see it my way, at least we're in this together and we can just be miserable together. This is where we get to our verse in the story. Once again, fear and dread struck me. All of my bones shook. Job 4.14. Eliphaz begins to tell Job of a dream he has. Some aren't even sure if this dream really happened or if it's made up. But Eliphaz is going to go for it. And he's going to tell him about this dream. Where fear was so great that it shook his bones. So all of a sudden Eliphaz is putting his fear onto Job. Like, how is this helpful in any way? We've all had that, right? You talk to someone and you say to them, hey, um, I'm having a rough week. I'm really down. Oh, I know, man. Every time I look at the news, it just fear too. And you're like, wait, how is that helpful? How is it helpful for you to put your fears onto someone else? Manipulation will never change the circumstance that is destined by the Holy Spirit. See, God was working through the story of Job, so it really didn't matter what Eliphaz had to say anyway. You have to own your own fears. You cannot own someone else's fears. You have to own your own fears. You cannot own someone else's. You cannot put your own onto someone else. When you have a dream that shakes you to your bones, it stays with you. But we know that perfect love casts out all fear. God isn't trying to scare you to get you right. Listen to me. God isn't trying to scare you or hurt you so you will pay attention. That is not how God does it. Now, you may be going through some consequences because of decisions that you made, but that is not God trying to hurt you. That is decisions that you made. There's a difference. God isn't out to scare the life. And I mean capital L-I-F-E. God isn't out to scare the life out of you. Recently in this time for me, I've thought a lot about what it means to walk in fear. I've told this story and I'm going to tell it just a little bit if you haven't because I want you to understand where I'm coming from. But several years ago, while I was traveling, I got really sick. And in a way that I knew I was dying. I was young, and the only way I knew to get to the hospital is my body had completely jaundiced. 
And by the time they got to me, my right lung was suffocating itself from the inside out. So long story short, I go in and they do anosynthesis that didn't work. Then they have this other treatment that didn't work. And they finally had to just go in and remove parts. So every time right now I read the news, there's this fear that wants to line up in my mind. Aditi, what if you get the virus? Or Didi, if you go out there to fight and be the pastor you're supposed to be, what if you get the virus? And then you even have those friends that want to scare the life out of you. They mean well. They love you because they don't want anything to happen to you. But they want you to buy into their fear. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think people should run out the door. I don't think you should be out in the mix of people. I don't think you should walk out the door without a mask. I think being safe is a part of free will. And being safe means you also take care of yourself. That's how God also works. But here's what I can tell you. Is that the same God that delivered me years ago from the near-death experience in my life, he can deliver me now. I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to work at staying safe because I want that for myself, but I also want that for others around me. Right now, we all feel a little shook to our bones. We're tired of Rona. We are tired of every time we turn on the news. We're tired of talking about it. But God that delivered Job, even with his three crazy friends, and the one that meant well by Eliphaz, and we all know that Eliphaz was a Karen. Or a Kevin. We all know that. But it's the same God that delivered Job. And and when we get to the end of that story, it gets good for Job. God didn't just deliver Job, but God delivered Job in abundance. God brought Job out. and, And not only did he replenish everything that Job had, but he gave it back to him in abundance. This is the same God. This is the same God that when you're shook to your bones, when fear overwhelms you, own your own fear, not someone else's. Own your own fear. Because that same God that delivered Job is the same God that will deliver you. Father, I thank you. I thank you. That fear is a liar. And that when all the proof is in front of us of everything falling apart and everything going wrong, You are still in the midst. And sometimes, God, I just have to learn to be comfortable with the fact that I may not have the answers because I know the answer. I know the God who has the answer.
Father, we thank you. That we don't have to live into fear or doubt or shook to our bones. But we can live in victory because of the God that we know and we serve. In your precious name.